So here now, the word from Jeremiah, chapter 30, beginning in verse 12. This is what the Lord says. Your injury is incurable. Your illness is grave. No one comes to your aid. No one attends to your wound. Your disease is incurable. All your lovers disregard you. They write you off as a lost cause because I have dealt harshly with you as an enemy would because your guilt is great and your sins are many. Why cry out for relief from your pain? Your wound is incurable. I've done these things to you because your guilt is great and your sins are many. Therefore, I will restore your health and I will heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Because you were labeled an outcast, Zion, the lost cause. The word of the Lord, friends. Thanks be to God. I think the words I read may be some of the most hurtful words in the whole Bible. Some have even called them cruel at parts. There's no one to help you or bind up your injury. No medicine can heal you. I have wounded as though I were your enemy, for your sins are many, your guilt is great. Aren't you glad you came out of the cold to hear that tonight? Let's be reminded for just a minute about the circumstances surrounding these words. Uh, the nation of Judah has just been destroyed. The city of Jerusalem is lying in ruin. The Babylonian Empire has come in and sacked the city and starved the people out and then crushed them. Many have been taken captive, marched away to a foreign place, and those who haven't been taken away uh, are now looking at a city in ruin. The Temple of Solomon has been entered and desecrated and burned to the ground. And for years, the prophets have been warning the kings and the people of Israel that this was coming if they didn't change their ways. But the leaders and the people have said they are sick and tired of hearing nothing but gloom and doom. They've chosen instead to listen to the preachers with big smiles who are peddling the prosperity gospel stuff. And so the people don't change their ways. They keep right on denying the poor and protecting the rich and ignoring the call of God to live repentant lives. They know nothing of humility. They know nothing of obedience or contrition. And now it's happened. Game over. Those who aren't dead are being carried away, and those who aren't being carried off are staring at a city in ruin and a temple that is now nothing but rubble and ash. And they cry out to God, help us. And the word of God comes. There is no help for you. Your injury is incurable. You can arrive at a place of realizing it's too late to change your mind anymore. You keep choosing some behaviors long enough and you're not able now to unchoose the consequences. You refuse to decide long enough and you have decided. 
You're free to hear the warnings not to jump out the window, but once you jump out, you've lost your freedom to crawl back in. This is a harsh word, but scripture bears it out again and again. We're given gracious, repeated opportunity to do the righteous thing, but then there comes a day when the time or opportunity has passed and we don't have that freedom anymore. This can happen in a family, in a marriage, it can happen in a church. Sooner or later, the moment for choosing has passed. And if we've not chosen, there comes a tragic word. Why do you cry for healing? There is no medicine for you, no healing for you. Your wound is incurable. So here's the heart of this message tonight. The only path I know for finding our healing in the love of God is to come to the place where we say, this is who we are. We're the ones whose wound is incurable. We are the ones for whom there is no healing. Because see, that's how the Bible talks about us, all of us. This is what the New Testament means when it talks about the killing power of our sin, which is not our little moralistic list of no-nos and boo-boos and misdemeanors. Sin is a fist inside which we are all held and we can't get out. We've all been sinned against and the consequences of the evil that's been done to us by other people, we can't reverse. What's more, we have all sinned ourselves deeply and constantly. We've chosen ways of death instead of life. And all these choices have propelled us in an endless cycle of pain that we can't seem to escape. And the, Paul, the Apostle Paul describes it so well. And I read this text on Sunday morning in worship too from Romans chapter 7. I don't understand my own actions, he said. The good I want to do, I can't seem to do. And the wrong I want so much to avoid, I can't stop doing. There's a war going on inside of me. And who will deliver me from this life dominated by sin and death? A friend of mine who's a doctor in Texas told me about a man that she met some years ago. And I shared this story a few years ago on a Sunday morning here. But the man was um, an alcoholic who, uh, by the time my friend had met him, uh, had been uh, consumed by the disease. And his liver was all but gone from cirrhosis. He had this terrible odor about him, she said, from the alcohol poisoning. His skin was a frightening shade of yellow, and he was constantly in and out of the hospital. And one day while my physician friend was making her rounds at the hospital, she met a distressed young woman uh, in the hallway, and it was the daughter of the man, uh, the alcoholic man, and the woman was sobbing. And my friend took her aside and asked if there was anything she could do to help, and the young woman shared uh, how her father's illness was killing the family. She said, Doctor, I love my father, but we can't allow him in the house anymore. He relieves himself on the carpet. He stumbles around and falls. He scares our children. And she said, 
the young woman said, do you know where my father is living now? Out in the cemetery. She said, dad is living in the cemetery. We bring him food. We sit up with him. This week I was there until almost dawn. And then she looked at the doctor and said, I pray for him to die. Is that terrible of me? But I do, because this thing has got him, and it won't let him go. I can will to do what is right, but I can't do it, says Paul. I don't do the good I want, but the evil I don't want to do is the very thing I do. There's this war going on inside of me, and suddenly... This isn't about an alcoholic man in a graveyard anymore, is it? This is right out of my own diary. This is my disease he's naming. And it's yours, too. So when we speak tonight of what is incurable, we're talking about our issue, our struggle, our sickness, our sin. And you know, the truth that we're trying to get at tonight is a truth that millions have learned in fresh ways from 12-step programs. Uh, Some of you know the 12 steps and have found real freedom in them. Here is the first step, as stated by recovering alcoholics. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol. Our lives had become unmanageable. And I think if we're wise, we can follow their lead and find our way to say, we admitted we were incurable. There's no medicine for what we've got. People in recovery tell us that the deadliest enemy we've got is the lie that says, I can fix this. Self-sufficiency? is the deadliest of all deceits. The day there becomes real hope for us is the day we hit bottom and know it and have the honesty to say, I'm powerless over this. And if we do, if we stop fantasizing about how much better we're going to be and admit how helpless we are in the face of this, then and only then do we become candidates for the great surprise. And are you ready for it? Did you hear this word tonight from Jeremiah? Did you hear the turn all of a sudden, right near the end, from no hope at all to all the hope in the world? Hear it again. Your hurt is incurable. Your wound is terrible. There's no one to care about you, no medicine, no healing for you. I have wounded you cruelly. Your guilt is great. Why do you cry out? There's no cure for you. Therefore, I will restore your health and your wound I will cure. See, the way this is written, you don't see it coming, do you? Even more so if you're familiar with biblical speech. If you read the prophets, you know that the word therefore almost always means here comes the pain. It's a judgment formula. The typical pattern is, thus says the Lord, 
because you have done this and this and this, therefore such and such disaster will come to you. It's a pattern all throughout the Hebrew scriptures. In the Hebrew Bible, the word therefore usually means brace yourself, but here there's no cure for you, therefore I will restore your health and your wound I will heal. Total surprise. So you finally fall to your knees because there's no hope. And that's where you find it. Down there. You stop trying to heal yourself and the hands of the great physician finally have room to take hold. Those who live by the 12 steps know. Step one. We admitted we were powerless, our lives unmanageable. Make way for step two. We came to believe in a power, that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. There's a power greater than you and me, greater than our enemy, greater than any guilt, greater even than every form of death. This is the meaning of the cross, friends. That what we could never do for ourselves, God was doing and is doing in and through Jesus Christ for us. And so, brothers and sisters, let's stop trying to heal ourselves and admit we are powerless, that our lives have become unmanageable. Let's confess our sin together.